The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You'll be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. Great deal for all the players and the league and everything else. Oh, I see him looking. I'm closing. Ah! I was born in it. Molded by it. Yeah, they said they, they got to wake up with a piss out. You're talking about Rasool. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. When you listen to the Poor Man's Packers podcast, go Pack Go. Good night, man. I'm so excited. Let's roll. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Promise Packers Podcast, the Mullen Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined this week with Todd. Todd, hello. Jim, when do, when do we say as always with Todd? Is that uh, a couple? This is coming down. Okay. I don't hey know. Andrew, Andrew made the joke last week too. Like, oh yeah, we'll have to get new koozies with an extra person on. I'm like, yeah, maybe. Well, maybe I'm not, not going though. that far. Just no. looking for the verbal, uh, what would it be? A verbal uh, affirmation. Commitment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, to you. I don't know. We'll see. Kyle could always come back. We never know. That's you know, true. Maybe, we would maybe there's been fire lit under his butt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What definitely what we need is a fourth microphone yeah. along with Andrew and his shit. But, anyways, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, very great week here in the Twin Cities after the Packers won seventeen to forty one against the Minnesota Vikings. On God, what was th- was that? Uh, there was a three o'clock game on Sunday, right? It was, yeah, it was the three twenty five, three twenty game or whatever. Yep. Sorry for the delay. I had a medical procedure done yesterday. I won't get into details because, you know, TMI, obviously very respectful of that. But I didn't eat for a day and a half leading into it, which wasn't very fun. However, I'm like still in my gown looking out the window and like the nurses and stuff even asking, like, oh, what are you going to eat? What's your first thing you're going to eat after this going to be? You look out the window and I could literally see a Culver's like right next door. So the oh, first meal after yeah. that was a double butter burger with cheese and onion rings. Oh, and bacon? That was bacon? No, did not no. add the bacon. Okay. I, I, You know, if you're getting a good greasy cheeseburger, I just like living in the grease. You know, I just want that cheese and grease to fill me up. But even more so, bacon grease. I mean. Yeah, but maybe sometimes I just want to crunch straight down through a burger. Or I want to chomp straight down on a mm. burger and not get the crunch of the okay. bacon. You know That's what fair. I mean? I mean, I... Never want to turn away bacon, but I guess I could understand why you might after that operation. Who says it was an operation? It's very vague. No one will yeah, ever know what vague. it was. Lots of go lightly before the operation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, a very fun uh, game. I mean, I'm trying to think, has there been a better shit kicker oh, against the no. Vikings in our time? Because I, I mean, maybe. I but 1741, I... but it should have been 3 to 41. That's when the backups came that, out. And. And if the if the Packers offense again not as impressive, but if the Packers offense and defense stays on the field, are we saying there's not fifty on the board? If if there the was Packers, like ten minutes the Packers, left in the game, yeah. If the Packers offense does anything in that game, oh. you know, like we still had the block punt and everything, but I, that's from from obviously 
yeah, it was it was very exciting. We'll get into it, but like it was a very fun game, which I have been missing yes. since you know what? When's the last time we actually felt like we had a good team? It was like week three when we were two and one. Week three, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I would say the Cowboys game was fun, but yes, I know what you're saying. True, but I also was like, well, this is not this is not real. This is our Super Bowl for the year. Yeah, yeah, like, the, it's not the real. McCarthy but now Bowl. I'm like, oh my god, defense. Yeah, no, it's crazy how like literally it's like weird getting rid of Dean Lowry and just playing a little bit more bump, you know, on the outsides on the receivers like actually works. But yeah, it's weird. been a. I said at the beginning of the year too, these are my favorite type of seasons. I'm already. Go- I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but obviously, right. we went on Sunday against the Lions. We're in the playoffs. Pretty fucking crazy when we were what four and eight at one point. Yep. Yeah, just crazy and. This I found this uh, little stat out there. Between this year, the 2019 season, the 2020 season, and the 2021 season, our best chance to win the Super Bowl is this year. But based on what? Because we lost the last three years. And now, because this season isn't over, we have the best chance <laughs> to win the whole thing. <laughs> so, be, so because those we didn't win in those years, now we yeah. have the best chance. So yeah, I guess every year we don't win. <laughs> The, the current season is our best chance. Yes, yes. Okay. So you can't can't argue that. Yeah. And uh, let's get that. And before we get into the actual show, uh, shout out to Ron Rivera too for not starting Ty- Tyler Haneke in that last game for the Commanders. That was unreal. Did you see that presser? And like props to him for having no clue they could be eliminated. Zero idea. Crazy. Which for, I yeah. I guess like if you're trying to win the game, sure, whatever. But like. I guess I would just assume a veteran coach has, I guess, has his hand on the, the Paul, like knows what's going on with his team at least, where somebody's so many, telling him. They have different assistants. You know, some NFL teams have like, you know, the holdback guys. So coaches don't right. go out on the field. Like, how do you not have someone to tell you, hey, if you lose, Ron Rivera be needs a playoff today. guy. Hey, can we make the playoffs <laughs> this week? Can Are we, we alive? be eliminated from the playoffs <laughs> this week? Okay. He needs an alive guy and a dead guy. Hey, yeah. yep, you're still alive. Hey, sorry, no, you're done. You're nope, done you're now. Dead. But yeah, shout out to them. Um, but yeah, we'll get into it once again. We'll break down the offense and defense. You know, there was enough to talk about, but before that, we'll have our pick six, the six plays that uh, shape the game. We'll have our breakdown. We'll have some take news. It's been, you know, a lot more positive the last few weeks. So mm-hmm. we're basically just going to talk shit about Zadarius Smith, who I. Oh despise i i really don't think there's anyone i've hated more associated with the packers i guess darren sharp was a pretty bad guy but that's a whole different thing brett Favre's a bad guy that's a whole different thing yeah not hated yeah not hated while they're still playing right like they were yeah yeah different cases where after the fact they were definitely villains yes um so we'll talk about that we'll have is kyle an idiot some trivia there and then we'll have our preview of the I mean, what uh, what is it? The fifth playoff game for the Packers this year? The oh, the Lions, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, the Lions game. Yeah. yeah. But first, oh, and Andrew's gone this week. Pick six. Pick six. Pick six. Pick six. Yeah. Pick six for the week. Uh, shout out to Lynn Lake for the Lynn Lake pick six once again. Uh, if you're in the Twin Cities, visit Lynn Lake Brewing in Uptown Minneapolis. Great beer, great food, great atmosphere, and I'm. I'm wondering too. I just burped. Sorry, I'm drinking a beer. Um, <laughs> I might go to the game on Sunday, but if not, I'm wondering if I just want to like 
like watching games are fun, but I do need to be in like an atmosphere where I can actually enjoy it if we win. So I might be going to Lynn Lake for oh. these playoff games if, if, big if, we make it. But Maybe I'll join you. Yeah, we'll have to see. Love Lynn Lake. Once again, in uptown Minneapolis. Um, the first pick six play, you know, started things off hot for the Packers. Uh, after a blocked punt, the Vikings have a third and goal on the one after a couple stops from the Packers defense. Then on the third down, Delvin Cook gets the handoff, but Slayton hits him right up the middle, like pretty much immediately uh, after running over the third string center after their backup who had started already got hurt. But Slayton right up the middle crashes on uh, Delvin Cook, forces a field goal. I When the block punt happened, watching John Levitt, is it John Levitt? Watching Levitt back there scoop it up, I was like, just run in the end zone and yeah, take the safety. Yeah, take the safety. And, the fact that it didn't like that uh, discussion didn't have to happen because the defense held. I was like, wow, this is incredible. I could not believe that they, it kind of reminded me we don't have a lot of goal line stands. Every time there's a goal yeah. line stand, I think back to the 2011 season, the kickoff against the Saints yep. when that game finished with those three or four straight um, stands at the goal line. But yeah, crazy, especially for where this defense has been earlier this year. Awesome play. Uh, completely shocking that they get the ball at the one yard line and of all the defenses in the league, our defense stops them from going a yard. I mean, that was, I mean, I was fired up after that. I mean, that was the beginning of a really fun defensive game. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. It's crazy how much different pretty much just these last two weeks, but how active the front seven has been lately. And it, there hasn't been, I mean, we'll talk about a little bit later. There have been some changes, but like literally this week, and, you know, the last six quarters, it's been just get Dean Lowry off the field yep. and the other guys can do enough. Coming into the season, you know, I thought this was going to be one of the deepest defensive lines the Packers have had since, you know, the days where we had Corey Williams, Colin Jenkins, Johnny Jolly, like those sure. guys. Like That was yep. a really good defensive line. Terrible the first half of the year. And now it's like, wow, these guys are actually showing up. So that was nice to see that very unexpected. Um Moving on to the second pick six play after uh, the Vikings made a after the Vikes field goal after that goal line stand there. It's literally the next play, very next play. And I've complained about the view of this all year, but the actual play wasn't too bad. Keyshawn Nixon catches the uh, kickoff five yards deep, runs it out of the end zone. And are you ready for the nickname for uh, Keyshawn Nixon? Oh, what is it? He gone Nixon, then returns it 105 yards for a touchdown with one of the biggest holes, at least for. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'd like to see the normal view of it, but it was like open and closed and the camera was so close to. I wonder if that's some, you know, movie magic going on there. But either way, no complaints. A kickoff. It was funny how last week, I mean, he was close, but the first one in literally 10 years. Yeah, it's I hate to like shed light on the fact that like somebody on the the kick coverage team obviously made a mistake for the hole to be that big but still i mean great to capitalize on it and he still had to break a tackle maybe an arm tackle and, a, and break the kicker's tackle so i mean what a fun player to watch too i mean he's a blast we play like three snaps too like or three touches of the ball it was something like that it was and matt said after the game he was surprised on the one kickoff where Keyshawn. Uh, kneeled it because I think it was just the th- I think it was just the three returns and they didn't have him play defense, which is funny because usually you know you're talking about 
you know, we're thinking when Jordy was a kick returner, Cobb was a punt returner. Yep. Uh, Romeo Dubs is, is a kickoff return guy. It's like, or Tremont even back in the days, the uh, punt returner. It's like, well, you can do that, but you don't want him to waste snaps or get hurt. Right. So that you can't play him on offense or defense. Yep. And with Keyshawn, it's like the opposite. It's like, okay, you literally just go out there and run. Right. And don't play defense. It's crazy. He practiced zero during the week. He said he didn't even think he was going to play. And then <laughs> on game day, he texted the coaches and said, I feel like a Ferrari. Felt good, felt good enough during warm-ups. Yep, yep. That's literally what he told them. That's what he told the media. And then he went out and just three plays, no practice, banged up. And the first kick return touchdown in 10 or 11 years for the Green Bay Packers. Just... Everybody knows the great self-practice, too. So, I mean, I guess on par. Mm-hmm. Rodgers doesn't practice. Uh, yeah. You know, AI didn't practice. Mm, we're talking about practice, man. But yeah, nice to see that. And that did make the score three to seven. Um, and he's a special teams player of the week this week, too, after not getting it last week. Oh, did you? God, it's quite a lot to talk about. Did you see the uh, little mic'd up thing, too, where Joseph, uh, Joseph yeah, told him after the game, he's like, you stiff arm the shit out of me, man. <laughs> he's like, what do you say? It was like, uh, um, salt in the wound or something like that or he's like yeah you stiff armed the shit out of me too on yeah, top of it all he hadn't given one up in his career and then of course you know gave it up to Keyshawn. uh moving on the third pick six play after rogers took a terrible terrible sack losing 16 yards and turning it over on downs the vikes are midfield going for it on fourth down kirk cousins drops back gets the ball out however the ball is tipped by Razul douglas uh, one Darnell Savage returns it for a touchdown, making it three to fourteen. I forgot how many yards it was. It was like seventy-five yards or some shit. I yeah. was, I was kind of kicking myself too for not making that a bold prediction going into the week. If I thought about it more, I would have because I'm always about the redemption stories and shit. We remember last year. I think he could have had two or three picks. He had the one that was ruled a pick and then overturned oh. um, during the review, which would have clinched the game. So it was. A little bit of a redemption for Darnell, who had been benched this year, comes back, gets his most snaps since being originally benched, and you know returns a pick for a touchdown against the team that he should have had a pick against last year. Yeah, I think uh, also to noting Savage is one of the fastest guys on the team. Having him, if you have a guy who can take the ball, weave all over the field and stuff like that. I mean, it's Savage, right? Like he can, he's got good lateral. We saw it there. He looks good with the ball in his hands. Really fun to watch him go on the field. Everybody blocking in front of him. Preston Smith with a nice uh, toss on uh, Kirk Cousins. Yes, I forgot him, about his former that. former teammate, a little toss. <laughs> I mean, as a rivalry game, there's nothing you love to see more than the opposing team's quarterback just get tossed around on a pick six. I mean, yeah, fun. that was it. It's one of those things where sometimes you look out on the field and it's like everyone looks kind of the same size. And even when they're running, they're like, you're like, oh, they're this, you know, they're all humans. And then you see Preston like effortlessly <laughs> just throw Kirk like he's nothing like a not even a bag of potatoes. I don't like just he's I, like a he's like a giant from the Game of Thrones. <laughs> see yeah. him running around out there. He's like, why is that thing so tall and long and heavy looking? Yeah, yeah, it uh his he seems to have like the longest arms too, like especially yeah. with those white sleeves that he has. Like it just kind of adds true. The to white it. sleeves probably do add to it. Yeah, um, and it was one of those two where I'm sure most people went through this where 
Savage picks it off, and I'm just like, "Go! What are you doing? Go down!" It was fourth down. Go down! And then I was like, "Oh, okay. I'm actually, I'm actually very dumb. That was a smart move. You know, it was the opposite of uh, well, wasn't Razul trying to toss it backwards? So, yes. I mean, that is anything's <laughs> hopefully, better than that. Hopefully, we never have to worry yeah. about that again. That was but a yes. failed experiment. Yes, but uh, that was a very good play. Moving on to the fourth pick six play after the Adrian Amos pick. Uh, Packers eventually get the ball back. Uh, they're at the 21. Just outside the red zone on second down. Rodgers drops back and hits a wide open Robert Tunyon on second and 11 for the touchdown. It, uh, you know, just reading that, it's not that. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, well, second 11, whatever we scored. This came after John Runyon had a hold on first down that put him back. And then on, right. on that redone second down, Cobb picked up nine. So usually okay. these holding calls you know, our drive killers. Yep. However, the Packers were able to bounce back first with Cobb and then having big, uh, I almost said big dog, but big Bob score, score there. And an interesting, I don't know if you watched the, the all 22 or saw a replay of it, but Christian Watson ran like the jet. Did he run like the jet motion? And then he turned it up field wide open. Oh, like yeah. he could have see that. What did, so one of the writers said he could have moved locked in the end zone and they're hundred percent right. Like he was wide open on that with the it was like a it was like the the that drag into a wheel route and it was like, ooh, that would be a fun rub to see later on. Yeah, it's it's funny how we're saying that about, you know, an actual athletic freak like Christian Watson. Right. I remember three, four years ago we were saying the same thing about like Danny Danny Vitale coming out of the backfield. Oh, well, like, oh yeah! One, one of these days we're gonna hit it. That never happened. I don't think he ever scored for us either. I don't think but. he did either. And nobody was higher on the super back than me. I freaking I was like, oh my god, this guy's the future. <laughs> Look what they're doing in in San Francisco. I mean, like we have an actual athletic fullback. This is gonna be insane. Well, hey, maybe uh, Josiah the Messiah is gonna end up being who we thought, uh, I guess he won't be the pass-catching threat, but God, he is the the super fullback. Like, uh, yeah, like an H-back. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. Was say, who, what's what's the fullback's name again in San Fran? I always forget his name. It starts with a J, and it's like Polish. Use check. Oh, did you already say that? No, I didn't, But because I, okay, I just good. remembered, because I was going to say cool. it earlier, and I couldn't. Cause I couldn't okay, I feel better about myself then. Uh, the next they call him series... Juice. Ah, there we go. That's yep. much much easier. Next series, Vikes have a second and five on GB's thirty-five. You know, kind of driving a little bit. You know how the Vikes Vikes were. You know, nothing too good, but good enough. Um, Cousins drops back, but of course he's sacked by Justin Hollins for a loss of nine yards, pushing them into borderline field goal range. And then on fourth down, Joseph attempts a forty-yarder, which he then misses. But once again, um, another play where the defense just coming up when they haven't in years past or earlier this year. And once again, Justin Hollins, who's it for as many great things that have been part of this run for the Packers or balls that have just bounced our way. The fact that the outside linebacker group as a whole has been keeping the ship afloat is amazing. And it's all really been Hollins. Even Garvin came out for like one snap, I feel like, in this game and God, did he not set the edge, or he couldn't chase someone? But you immediately could tell yeah. that he fucked up, and we haven't had that with Hollins. And you're there. saying too because of Gary's departure with the injury, right? Like, yes, that yes, that obviously. unit is still excelling. And yeah, JJ 
Enigbare has been low-key amazing. Yeah, this was like uh, his quietest game on the season almost. He had two pressures, but for a rookie rookie fifth-round pick. Yeah, no, he's always, and that's the thing, you know, we'll... We'll see what happens when Gary gets back and he's an absolute animal, but it does seem like the pocket is just so much smaller like yep. the last month than it was, you know, the first two months of the season. And good to see the way that those edge rushers don't just like run around the tackles and create those lanes for those running quarterbacks running where granted we have been run all over a couple games, but it's been up the middle. I feel like in yes. years past we got those speed rushers off the edge and they just run past the quarterback and then mm-hmm. literally anybody I mean, could run off. There's, there's nobody in front of them. They can run wherever they want. So it's like nice to see that pocket feeling tight, not just guys zooming all over the place. Exactly. Cause I saw like Ryan Wood um, said this week that it wasn't the pressure. Like there wasn't the, that much pressure this week. It was just how good the coverage was. And I'm like, it isn't, it isn't like, you know, we only had two sacks in the game. Yep. Eight, eight QB hits, I think, which is pretty good. But it's just everything was uncomfortable for Cousins. And that's why, you know, Mike Smith and Mike Pettin, when they were with us, they always preach QB pressures because it's at least always yep. affecting the quarterback. So obviously that's what happened on Sunday as well. I feel like, what, do we have, do you have any idea how many hits we had? We had, there were some big hits. That, yeah, that's what I said. And he had eight, a big hit. There was eight QB hits. Okay. Eight, oh, sorry. I missed that. So yeah, eight QB hits is, I mean, that's a decent amount. That's the thing. Even just after the game, you looked at like the handshake between Rogers and Cousins. Cousins' jersey was just caked in green. <laughs> like his white—it was just grass stain. Which is also the beauty of playing on a grass field versus a turf field. You can see <laughs> who's been on the ground. Yes, yeah, and that's why we wear the green jerseys at home, so you can't tell how uh, oh, how true. much our quarterback gets hit. Yep, yep. never does. Yep. After that, the last pick six play—the one that really I feel like sealed it. Packers get the ball after the missed field goal at the 40, which we just talked about there Yep. very quickly. And I mean, this is such a dumb fan brain take, but, you know, Rodgers didn't look great in this game, but we got the ball with like less than a minute left and it was bam to Lazard, bam to Tunyon. We're in field goal range. Mason Crosby trots out there and makes the 55 yarder. Uh, 56, <laughs> I end. think. Oh, I saw 55, 55, 56 yarder. I'm calling um, it 56. Okay, either way, whatever, made that field goal pretty crazy. That made the score, I believe it was 27-something at that point. I think um, that was what, would that have been what put us up to 27? Yes. 27-3? Yes, it was 27-3. Yep. Crazy kick after last week. I forgot who it was for, uh, or was it the Rams that they had some, it was like the third kick over 50 yards. But then Mason, who Matt LaFleur said post-game, uh, he was getting ready for a Hail Mary attempt, right. and he looked up and saw Mason trotting out there. And he was like, all right, kick it, which yep. I'm glad they did it. But also, it's like, how it's so weird to hear these things with like yeah. professional teams. And it's like, well, sometimes things just happen. I mean, I, I kind of love it. Just the fact that it's like, okay, like, so Rich B, I'm not going to try and say his last name, but Basaccia. Rich Basaccia is just like, he's just sending out kick team which is probably the normal right if it's not the end of the quarter you just sending out the kick, right like yeah yep so there's not four seconds left to the clock you're just gonna send them out and probably just thinking oh, i'll get overruled but it does seem a little bit like doesn't the coach make the call uh yeah. four seconds left at the end of the well, game but, th- but he made it 
So it was it was also a weird situation, and I I don't know how much we talked about it last week, but the Packers did for the game day roster call up uh, Ahmed. Oh yeah, Ramiz, that's right. The the kicker who's been on the practice squad all year. Yeah, all year, all year he's sitting back there getting ready to get a call up. Gets called up because Mason Crosby's old; he can't get touchbacks. Uh, Ramiz gets hurt, pulls his groin uh, during warmups. Oh, can't kick. So Mason, who okay. didn't really warm up, that was part of why on the broadcast they said uh, he hadn't attempted from that far. It's because he didn't really attempt much at all. Yeah. he didn't think he was he was going to really play. Was it? Was it? Whoever the sideline reporter was, was it like <clears throat> Tracy Wolfson or whoever it was, was like, I remember she said during the game, she's like, yeah, he didn't even really attempt anything yeah. over 50. Because that, that's what was weird, because even the opening kickoff, it was Crosby. And I was like, why the why did we call up this guy to not kick off? So we'll see what's going on with that. We did sign to the practice squad Matt Amendola this week. And I assume he's going to be the kickoff specialist. Um, hopefully we'll have a conflict with him after. Is that three Danny's games. brother? I don't. It looks like it's spelt differently. Mm. But bottom line, Mason Crosby, he's the worst in the league on kicking touchbacks. He kicks a touchback like one out of every three kicks. Oh, really? Amendola gets a touchback on like two out of every three, and he has a pretty good hang time. So they're pretty much signing him on just to be the kickoff specialist. So okay. we'll see. But yes, that uh, back to it there. That was the last pick six play at halftime. I mean, that fucker was over. We're not the Colts. We weren't going to let that up against the Vikings. So, yeah, very cool. Very fun game. Um, felt like Packers football again. Like, you said. It did. And it's, it's funny after week one, because, you know, we, we were still like, this is going to be a 13 and three team like the last three years. I was yep. like, fuck, the Vikings are going to be like eight and eight. We're going to beat them week 17 and we're not going to really have any breaking rights because we'll be in the playoffs. They'll either be on the edge or miss out on it. And the and it then it's the offseason. Then it's like who cares? But now it's like you guys were fucking twelve and three, and we just shit all over you and your Super Bowl <laughs> run. And if they if they lose in the first round of the playoffs, it's like oh, I could talk shit to fucking Viking fans all offseason. Yeah, it is. They're in a weird predicament too, and their line is quite. I mean, they struggled, dude. So I have that written down too. Another excuse to throw, you know, the like there was a ton of weird excuses. I think a yep. lot of it is a little overblown just from you know the way social media works. Yep. If one person says it, then you just yeah. throw it on everyone in that group. Um, but one thing was they're like, oh, you know, we had our third string center and Ryan O'Neill went down, our our amazing right tackle, and I'm like, we fucking started Jake Hansen and Royce Newman week yes. one, like tit for tat, like it was the same deal, a hundred percent. Yeah, it is. It is. There's probably a lot of similarities actually flip flopped between mm-hmm. week one and week 17 between the two teams and just the successes. And yeah, I don't know. We we came in feeling pretty hot, you know, coming off a obviously 13 win season. And yeah, yeah, they're coming in feeling pretty hot to our <laughs> house. And yeah, not so much. Yeah, not not very good for them, but pretty good for us. Moving on, looking at the offense. Overall, not a great game on offense, obviously. I mean, you know, you can only, if you're scoring a bunch of points, there's you have to give the ball back. You know, if you have defensive touchdowns and special teams touchdowns, that's less possessions for your offense, no matter what. So one way to look at it. But yeah, I mean, how many did you see? Do you, um, do you know how many yards Rodgers had throwing in this game? It was like 100 and something. It was not, it was under 200. It was like 124, is my guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, up 24. It was 159, wow. which is pretty crazy to see. Not very good. Uh, the Packers on offense only had 5.2 yards per play, which is below their season average and was even less than the Vikings 6.1 yards per play. Wow. Which is funny to think about. Um, but zero overall, turnovers. Yep, zero turnovers, which is always the biggest thing and obviously what the Packers and uh, Aaron Rodgers-led team is always going for. And on top of it, the Packers do, I think they did going into it too, but the eight and eight Packers have a better point differential than the twelve and four Minnesota Vikings, which shouldn't come as a big surprise. But literally everybody has a better point differential than those. I mean, than the Vikings. Tomorrow. Yeah, I wonder how I wonder how many teams actually do. How it's many losing record half. teams have a better point differential than the Vikings? I mean, that would be interesting because there's probably a handful. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a tweet out there, but. Moving on, looking at the players, starting with Aaron Rodgers, like I mentioned there. 15 for 24, 159 yards, the one touchdown. It was only sacked the one time, but it was pretty bad. Um, still a decent quarterback rating of uh, 95.7. But I don't know. It was kind of a sneaky, really bad game from Rodgers because there was just so much other good going on. He missed Watson on that short pass, missed Dylan on the flat pretty but early the on. the miss on Watson... And that got brought up a bunch. He got Watson got held as the ball is coming out of Rogers' hands. Just want to throw. Yeah, that out well, there. there was that. There was a different one too. Not the not the deep. Well, one. I was thinking was the one the down the left side, the deep ball that he missed. Yep, there was that. There was the deep one he threw to Watson that was you yep. know, five yards out of bounds. Not very good. The fourth and one sack. Oh yeah, pretty- that one. The out of bounds one to Watson was ugly. Yes, very. He's ugly. having more and more of those. I just say like. We, we used to see those throws like once every five weeks. Mm-hmm. And now it's like once a week, one and a half times a and, week. And then you're like, and now, uh, and now it's like on the podcast. I feel like I bring that up every week or every right. other week as well, where it's like, why does this keep happening? And then it's like, oh, now I'm doing the same thing as Aaron. But yeah. And yeah, like I said, that sack on fourth down was terrible. Pretty similar to the one last week against yeah. Miami. That one against Miami, I, he got a lot of flack for that, but I feel like he was put in a tough spot where it was a play action. He pretty much ran into the free blitzing linebacker, but whatever, I digress. We don't have to get into that. He did miss Lazard on the slant on the goal line, which forced them to kick a field goal. Um, it was fun to see him get his too many men yep. thing going again. He had the Wish one free play, and it was fucking hilarious to see um, you know how we try to hurry him up, and the Vikings only had 10 defensive guys <laughs> on the field. I, it, was, it was like slow motion because the Vikings yeah. knew they only had 10, but nobody was putting anybody out there. And whoever the corner was on the Vikings sideline was like look, talking to the sidelines like. Oh, really? I didn't see that part because I, I swear don't think he was, they knew. I, the I don't think they knew. Was, he was like turning, talking to the sidelines. Somebody over there knew. It's weird. Either way, it's hilarious. Weird. It's very funny because I think it happened against the Bucks. Yeah, it happened against the Bucks. I think multiple times where we didn't have enough we, guys yeah. on the field. That might have been on special teams too, I think, though. But I think those, yeah, those special teams where we had ten guys out there. Yes, but you know, I guess either way, I'll give uh, Mike Pettin, who works for the Vikings now, some shit for not having enough guys out oh, there. Oh, there you go. Uh, Rogers also had that touchdown run. That was pretty cool. It, yeah, he did it a couple of years ago too against Jalen Ramsey, where he pumped fake and just ran right in. So I predicted we'd have a Zadarius belt that he would regret, but instead. You know, I'll settle for the Aaron Rodgers belt where in his older years now, he's he doesn't do the normal aggressive like actual belt yeah. close to his hip. He goes way far out, super wide and slowly does it, which belt's getting bigger. 
Yes, it's been evolving over the years. Um, uh, one little nice little tidbit too from that play was the pass pro from Patrick Taylor. Yep, I um, I looked at my notes and I have that written down and forgot okay. to bring it up. Yep. Yeah, that was a nice. It was a nice. It was like a chop block, not an illegal one, but. I love Patrick Taylor. I I almost wish we didn't have such great backs so I could see more of him because he's he does everything. You know he's. Yeah. Which I guess every, just about every running back over the last five years. Yeah, we've had some good running backs. Is good at everything because Jamal Williams could always do everything mm-hmm. too. And yeah, His Patrick Taylor was really good. Jamal's. Yeah. Yes. Very good. Uh, the last thing they talked about with quarterbacks too. Jordan Love came in. Uh, didn't have a lot of plays, but I would say his cadence was weird. He had the green nineteen. Yeah. Um, which. Yeah, because that's yeah that one's still Rogers as well. But it, the the way he said it just didn't sound right to me. It's almost like the mic picked him up more. I don't remember hearing he's, that when he came in. He's loud. The he's definitely loud. Yeah, yeah. I, they must have boosted his microphone when Ooh. he got in there. But uh, yep, running backs. Aaron Jones, pretty fucking awesome game. Mm-hmm. Fourteen carries, one hundred and eleven yards, a seven point nine average. He went over a hundred yards on his first carry in the second half, which is pretty good. Yep. A uh, couple negatives. I don't know. He had the bad drop. One of Rogers' good balls. Um, yeah. Jones dropped early on. Like right yeah. straight, that would have been good. That was but tough. Uh, overall, I mean, I fucking love Aaron Jones. It seems like every run is for like eight yards, two yards, or like tackled in the backfield. This was uh, obviously, like I said, a really good game, and this was where he went over a thousand yards rushing on the season, average over seven yards. Um, and I was surprised how much he got the ball for how banged up he's been. So that makes me yep. feel quite a bit better going into this Lions game. Yeah, and what does he have? Is it, what is he listed as for injury reports? Is it like an ankle or something like that? He doesn't look. There's no limping after the play or anything like that. Like he looks, he looks spry. If that I mean, for what it's worth, he didn't look banged up. Yeah, it's not it's not so much physical with his movements or anything. It's just like his face on the sideline. Like he looks like he's in pain, like <laughs> wincing and shit. Like that's pretty much about it. He's seen some shit. Yes, he's seen some shit. Uh AJ Dillon, not a good game. Twelve, I don't know. I'm saying that, but I'm a fucking fan. Twelve carries, forty one yards, a three point four average, had the one touchdown. Um, I don't know. It once again a dumb fan complaint. It seems like we run it way too much outside Ugh. with AJ. Dillon. It's just I know you've painful. That before. It hurts every time the toss plays to a yeah. power running back that like for how big he is, he moves great. But like you don't want yeah. your power back changing directions and moving laterally in space against corners. Mm-hmm. Like it, you don't want that. And safety's coming down and like playing against Harrison Smith. Like although he did get the better of Harrison Smith, on that almost was it almost the almost touchdown run that he had up the middle where he just truck sticked them. Oh yeah. yeah. But anyways, yeah, the outside runs and stuff like that, like here and there is great. But like let's use Aaron Jones for the bulk of those. It felt like this game, it was AJ Dillon outside all the time. And it's like I just don't understand that. Yeah, I mean I get I, I get trying to get them off guard, but he's just so much better when he doesn't have to like think about the cuts and he just yes. knows to like run people over or find that little and hole. get him need moving him up the field. Like get him with a head of steam and he's so much better. Yeah, I don't and yeah. I, I get it too, because our linemen I feel like are athletic. So like we want to get right. the edge and get outside. I understand, but it's like, man, it'd be fun to watch him just pound it up the middle. 
Yeah, and he, I mean, he does seem to get better as the game goes on, but That's whatever, true. we'll see. It, you know, it's going to be, well, we'll see what uh, what the what the season has in store, but having him again at Lambeau where it's going to be like 27, 25 degrees sure. on Sunday, pretty good. Uh, the other thing to talk about with him, like most weeks, it seems like his touchdown celebration, the yeah. orchestra, thoughts. I, I mean, I'm a fan of like the Lambo leap. If you're not mm-hmm. gonna Lambo leap, I guess. I mean, these are fun, right? Like, it's a mm-hmm. nice change of pace. They're getting um, everyone involved. Everyone's involved. You got Aaron Rodgers coming at the end, doing the little guitar solo. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's fun. Uh, John Runyon playing the triangle. Always love that. Myers, Myers. Oh, was it Myers? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, anyways, Huge love the correction. triangle. Love the triangle play. I don't know. They're fine. I I like them. They're fun. What do you yeah, think? I like it. I like it too. It's you ready for my uh, narcissistic conspiracy brain? Oh, conspiracy about celebrations. <sighs> no, so I like AJ Dillon. I think he's great. He's fantastic. He's a pretty solid runner. I think he's his legend is bigger than his play at this point. You know, like we all love Especially him, the quads, this year. all that shit. And every time he scores, he's got a different celebration, all this stuff. During this offseason, he was on Bussin' with the Boys, and he talked a lot about, you know, you know, having people see his face. Oh, the his brand. It's his the brand. brand. Yes. So now I'm, see, I'm seeing the touchdown celebrations into my own. Dump, I'm like, are you? do you really want to celebrate like this, or are you doing this so more people are talking about you? And I'm like, I hate myself for doing that. But it is a thought. Yeah. I. Yeah. I mean, we all like him. I mean, he's a really likable guy. I mean, yeah, all the be. writers say he's awesome. What is his? He's the mayor of Door County, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think he like the gap in his teeth. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a fun guy. I think he definitely like you're sit talking about on the bus with the boys pod. He, I think he definitely said like I I want to build a brand for like after football, which like that's smart. Yeah, right? no, it doesn't it's, feel it's... as genuine to know that he's thinking about it. Exactly. But he's. I mean, he's a like. I'm fine. True. And I guess, uh, I don't know. He he wasn't super loud as a rookie either. So I guess he, he at least knew that. So I'll take it. And he's not outspoken. No, no. So I don't, I, like, that's not a problem at all. He's no. not annoying at all. It, you know, he's, either way, th- like this, I wanted to bring it up, but I don't want it to be seen as a negative. I'm just saying it was a thought that popped up in my brain. Um, Continuing with the running backs, Patrick Taylor, <laughs> five carries, 10 yards. He came in when Jordan Love was in mostly, or that's when he got his run. Mm-hmm. Biggest observation with him, at one time I like looked up because I like missed the beginning of the play. With his socks and legs in stride, he looks like Christian Watson. Oh. Like when he got the ball and ran up the middle, I was like, are we running up the middle with Christian? Why are we doing this? He's like banged up. I, I thought like, oh, you were going to say, because he has like, I feel like he has like Ryan Grant legs. Like, mm-hmm. they just look like Ryan. I don't know what it is about them, but, like, maybe yep. it's the socks. Maybe he has, like, long calves. I have no idea. That, he has, exactly like, Ryan Grant yeah. legs. I thought that's what you were going to say. Because that's what yeah. I see when I look at him. And he's, like, turning the edge or something like that, catching a ball. I'm like, oh, my God, that's Ryan Grant. Yep. No, that's a very that's a very good observation. It's pretty much the same thing. It's the long strides and yes. all white socks. That's it's what it is. And that's what Ryan too. Grant had, yeah. Uh, speaking of wide receivers, wide receivers, Alan Lazard was the leading receiver in this game. Five receptions, 59 yards, no touchdowns, but God, it's like every single reception in this game for him felt like it's like catch 
fall down. Catch, fall, like, sorry, catch, first down, fall down. Like, he was just there every single time. Yep. That is what Alan Lazard needs to be. Um, it felt that like one, he was that back one where he fell year. down and there was nobody within 15 yards of him. I know. And he just laid there. I was like, okay, we gotta, we gotta coach up like a roll at least. Like, let's get three more yards instead of, I don't yeah. know. It's kind of funny. Yeah, just do that roll. I forgot who it was, but a couple of weeks ago, was it Joe Burrow? A quarterback like rolled into the end zone. Oh, really? Like, after I falling down beforehand. That. Yeah. Yeah, huge, or not huge, but a great game from Lazard. Nice little bounce back game. Nice to see him make those clutch catches once again, like I said. Uh, that one before halftime, too, getting in field goal range. Yep. Uh, Christian Watson. Neither Christian Watson or Romeo Dubs had a catch until the third quarter, which is a little oh, wow. surprising, especially seeing the score. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Watson only the one catch, 11 yards. Romeo Dubs had three catches for 20 yards. But I don't know. It was fine. Uh, Watson was held. Watson definitely could have been hit on numerous occasions, though, and that's what's <laughs> that's frustrating. Story. I yeah. I was texting with one of my buddies, and he's like, "Watson's getting a touch." This is after like the second miss by Rogers. It's like, but he's open every time. It's like Rogers is going to hit him, and then it just never happened. Yeah, I, it's one of those dumb things too. Where I'm thinking, I'm like, maybe they're just saving them for more important games, and this game was pretty well in our hands early on so maybe that's part of it and once again if if it's not him getting a big play or a touchdown or something every single week he's getting held and should oh. like i'm fine with it the last two weeks because they've been pretty consistent on both sides yes. of the ball which i'm fine with especially when we have guys like Rezul douglas who loves yes. mugging dudes yes so that that's fine that's fair but We'll see if it becomes a thing in the future, but either way, uh, it's extra attention that Christian Watson's bringing on, so I'll take it. Yeah, and I feel like he gets safety shading and stuff like that just for his speed and stuff, and so, I mean, that helps with the in, the under routes and stuff like that, so everything he does, even if he's not touching the ball, you got to have that speed guy on the field. Yeah, you know, they've talked about that too, like even last year in the playoffs, it really hurt us because we didn't have MVS who can at least make them think about the deep ball. So. Right. Um, tight end, Big Bob, nice little bounce back game for him. Three catches, 52 yards, a touchdown. Um, he did look a little bit faster too. Maybe he's finally getting up to speed after that ACL tear from last year. Yeah. But uh, yeah, had the had the one touchdown, his touchdown celebration. Did you see the video of that where he did the little, he did a gritty and the, the players made like a little parade thing. Oh, like arch. the tunnel. Yeah. yeah, the little tunnel. And then he did the gritty underneath. They did not show that on the broadcast for whatever reason, but that was nice. To see. It's like we pulled out all the stops to just embarrass and do stupid shit against the Vikings in this game. Yeah, I think I he even it. started to, in the post game, like when they're in the locker room doing uh, pressers, the locker room stuff, he was like, he did a pretend. Like he started to do the gritty. Oh, really? And I was like, oh, at some point, it's just we got to stop. We got to stop doing the gritty. Yeah, it's bad. it's funny. It's, it's funny for a while. Yeah, it's until it's we'll not see. funny. This might be the last year of like I'm sure Justin Jefferson will always do it, but this might be when it starts going out of style. I mean, it's it's like been dab, it's right? been a few like, years. Everybody did the dab for a while. Dab's gone. Yeah, God, it would be. I'd love to see that though. Could you if like Rogers ran in for a touchdown and then just like yeah did, did a dab and then just walked back and be like, okay, I'll take it. I mean, it would be funny because he's old. <laughs> Yes, like, that's yeah, it would be funny. Yeah. Fitting in with the youths. Um, 
Josiah DeGuara, again, I love seeing him out on the field. I wish every run would uh, start with him lead blocking. It just seems like he's always throwing dudes. I love the way they keep moving him around um, behind the offensive line and everything. Like yep. They had the one fake two where they <laughs> – this was a high a high point for the game for me. When they put him in motion and then put him like right behind Rogers, so it looked like they were going to do like a QB sneak. and They he moved right away, him. right? But then they moved right away. Yeah. He pitched it. Rogers did the left-hand pitch to Aaron Jones, and Z got fucking blown out. He just gave up immediately. Like I fucking oh, was I, it that wasn't the? How about the same thing? Since we're talking about tight ends, you mm-hmm. just mentioned Z. Mm-hmm. Z got freaking. He washed down on that. Remember, we had three tight ends on that run to Aaron Jones when he got the outside, and okay. DeGuar's leading in the hole, and Z completely crashed, just like he always used to do with us. He would. Like the whole, there's got three guys outside of him, and he crashes down to the guard, whatever gap that is between the guard and the tackle, and that just completely opened it up for Aaron Jones. But my, what I was getting to with that too was how fun was it to have that three tight end play, and run the ball. I mean, that looks freaking awesome. That's a. Th- I I feel like I'm just turning into a goon because I'm like, yes, let's just run the ball more. You know, you get done Love with it. these games, and it's like, okay, we won, we scored in the high twenties, low thirties. It's like, oh, Rogers didn't do much, but it's like, yeah, but we're we're running the ball so well. Like, maybe we should just keep doing this. Yes. Shit. Yep. Um, moving on to the offensive line, David Bakhtiari did play. Uh, didn't have an injury designation at the end of the week. Yash got hurt after the first series, and Zach Tom came in. Kind of, you asked me about it last week, and it did end up being Zach Tom who came in for him. Was the one position outside of center that he hasn't played this year. Came in at right tackle and played fine. Matt did say after the game that Yash could have came back in. He did stay in on like field goal blocking. So we'll see. That's interesting though, because with Yash, I mean, it just says a lot about how highly they think of Zach Tom with Yash being healthy enough to go back in and like being a very prototypical right tackle as Yash is. And they left Zach Tom in the undersized rookie. It's like, that's kind of an interesting play. They must really think a lot of him. Finally, and it's funny too because like a month ago, um, Adam Stenovich, the offensive coordinator who was our offensive line coach, he said that he views Tom more as a guard in the future. Which, or did he say tackle? Fuck. It's it, I, it's interesting because like isn't I think he, he? Sorry, he did say guard. He did say guard. He's kind of like he's kind of like sh- I don't know if how tall he is. He feels he feels short, like short armed. Which is what you would think is a guard, right? But he doesn't look, yeah. he's not like a big move guard either. Where you like, I don't feel like he's that powerful in the run game. Like, that's his he, weak spot. I mean, he's like David Bakhtiari, his rookie year, where this offseason it's just eating sandwiches at midnight to try yeah. to put on weight. Like, that's what he's going to have to do. So, I don't know, we'll see. And like we've talked about a, a couple times the last few weeks, it's also hard to judge when he's number 50. And it's like, I cannot process. What I'm looking number at number fifty right now. at right and left tackle the last few few weeks. It's like it just looks weird. Yeah, it all, it makes I, him look smaller too. I think. Yes, ex- exactly. That's the thing. I don't know if he's like, if he is too small or if it's just the number. That's yeah. a center. Why is a yes. center at tackle? Yeah, but again, um, I think that was more of Zach Tom playing well and the trust in him than you know losing faith in Yash. I think they just wanted to keep Yash, you know, healthy, right. healthy enough, That's and fair. I would. I would assume he's going to start next. And week. if Zach's playing well, there's no point in pulling him if Yash did have a potential like 
Right. It's like Madden. You know, your guy gets injured, and it's like, well, there's a seventy percent chance he could re-injure himself <laughs> if you put him back in. Or do you want to start Zach Tom? Start Zach Tom. Yeah. Um, Elton Jenkins has played very well, especially over the last month after getting over his own injuries to start the season. Uh, Jake Morley tweeted this out. Since moving Elton back to left guard, Aaron Rodgers has been under pressure on 24.5% of his dropbacks, which is the third lowest in the NFL. So that's that's pretty good. That is pretty much, you know, once we moved Elton over to guard, since then it's really been the offensive line. It's Since he's moved to guard, we haven't had Royce Newman on the field. That's the, the most you can say, and the offensive right. line's been pretty good since then. Um, yeah, other than that, uh Runyon had his first holding call of his career, first penalty of his career too, I believe. Uh, that's the only other thing of note on the offensive line. But uh, I have yeah. to find the so same thing you were talking about. Jake Morley tweeting, he tweeted some different stats about like some rookies, mm-hmm. um, PFFs oh, ratings yeah. on different rookies, and Zach Tom, I believe I'm finding He's, it right he, now. He, he is had, yeah. I got it here. So offensive line pass blocking efficiency for the 2022 draft class. Um, and then Zach Tom is tied for first with a 98, which is yes. like, I mean, that's right. I, I think it's even more impressive that he's moved around. I don't really know any of these other guys if they, uh, what if they've moved around and whatnot. But like, I feel like that's got to be a challenge for a rookie to be moving, change of positions from guard to tackle, switching sides. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, it's weird because we haven't seen it too much in our time. We had Don Barclay, who we'd move around, but he was bad. Right. But then it's like we had we have Elton, who completely changed the way we see what offensive linemen can do. And now we just find Zach Tom in the fourth round. It's weird to find these pieces that you can pretty much move. Like Zach Tom could play literally any part. They, he, both the of value, them play the value of, of the that line. being a fourth round pick and what he's done thus far. I mean, if he can stay healthy and gain, maybe gain a little weight in the offseason. I mean, that's he's looking freaking solid. Yes, it's nice to have th- these guys here now so there isn't a complete reshuffling if an injury goes down. So right. that's nice. Um, but with that, that's all I had for the offense. You got anything else, Todd? I don't think so. I mean, be nice if they played better and put up more points. How's that for analysis? There you go. Eloquent. Yeah. And with that, <laughs> we will have a quick commercial break. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, and we are back with the defense. The defense is looking pretty good. I'm starting to battle with my mind for how good I want the defense to look. Like I'm like, do I want the Packers to play well, but you know, not have Joe Barry come back? Like I'm wrestling because now because if we make the playoffs, Joe Barry is going to come back with how good the defense has looked as long as they keep it up and they don't get shat on this week or after. I would think he's going to be back. But. It's Dom Capers reincarnate. Give up a bunch of yards. Get picks. That's yeah, weird I mean, how that's yeah, all once it is. We, once we start getting the turnovers. Oh, wow. My defense is actually oh. good. But yeah, 
But yeah, it's been different the last six quarters since Jerry Gray uh, yelled at the oh. secondary and Dean Lowry went down with his injury. Um, but yeah, I mean, just dominance. Kirk Cousins was still in. <laughs> that, that was pretty funny. Like we had our backups in when it was uh, three to forty-one, and Kirk Cousins was still playing. You know, yes. in, in the game for is, for two drives. Yeah, it was it was very it was very strange. I don't know why they were doing that, especially when a lot of fans were arguing like they didn't have to try in this game. It's just for seeding. They've already made the playoffs and everything. Yeah, but they still kept him in when we had our back. Well, they were just weren't trying. You know, they just, they were in. They just weren't trying. True. Um, Dyer from Packers Report. I'm sure a lot of people know who he is on Packers Twitter. He had a really nice blog post, whatever, talking about the changes of the defense over the last month. So basically, basically since the bye week, we've been playing a lot more cover two and cover six. So we've had, you know, either way, both of those um, types of coverages have one deep safety at least. And that's kind of been the difference, <laughs> at least in the secondary, like not like Rudy Ford has played really well in that role. to yep. Just cover that back half. Yep. But the other part of it is um, since changing this they've allowed 18 plays of 50 plus yards since week 13 but only four of them have come against those coverages which is pretty Mm. impressive the other big thing this might be the biggest thing is you know beginning of the year we blitzed a lot and the way the nfl views a blitz is when you rush five or six guys so we were basically just rushing five guys because it would be the two edge rushers and three down linemen which we had a majority of the time sure well, we moved on from that package where a lot of the time in passing situations now, we just have the two edge guys and the two down linemen. Those four guys rush. Everyone else drops back and cover six or cover two, whatever. And that has been the bread and butter in, in the past game, at least. We've ran cover two four times. Or Sorry, we've ran both cover two and cover six four times more since the bye week. And that is pretty much the only uh, actual schematic change that Barry has had, but it's been working working really well since since the bye week. It was interesting too to see the way that they utilized Darnell, Darnell Savage in the slot, having that safety just down near the line of scrimmage seemed to help. I don't know that he was involved all that much in the run, but they didn't really do anything on the ground anyway, so yeah. it didn't really matter. But it's a good place for. It seemed to be a good place for Darnell Savage to get on the field and and make and we saw him make some plays. It was nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was very weird. You brought up like the run game there too, but like we didn't think about Delvin Cook at all in this no. game when uh, two years ago he ran for what two hundred something yards against us at Lambeau. It's just weird. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's yeah. But I even like I was thinking after that block punt, I was like, oh, Delvin's just gonna run it. In. They're gonna run it two or three times he's going to be in and they did run it and nothing nothing yeah uh someone who did run Kirk Cousins yeah he had a couple he had those two run plays he had the 18 yard run and the 19 yard run those were that was the second and third uh longest plays that the Packers or that the Vikings had all game which just shows you how terrible the performance was Justin Jefferson just the one catch for 15 yards, and then, yeah, Delvin Cook, like we talked about, did not have a good game. He had the nine rushes for 27 yards for just three yards of carry. Not very good. Moving on to the positions, corner, Jair. I mean, what what do you want to say about Jair at this point? I got on him earlier this year for 
<laughs> being who he is kind True of against the Bears. Well, yeah, that's right. He was zen out a little bit too much, but you know, he was doing this cocky shit against the Bears when Nikhil Harry and uh EQ fucking ran past him for those huge pickups and he was still gloating and stuff. But these these are the games where you live yes. to have Jair as a corner. Where he's that guy where you love him because he's on your team, but you would hate him if he was on the other team. It was absolutely hilarious to hear post game that Justin Jefferson, I'm sure they asked him about it, but uh, he said he thought after Jair did the gritty that it should have been a flag, which one, I was expecting it. Two, I was like, Jair, but, it's the first quarter. Why are you doing this? But it's but, not a flag. He's just dancing. He just made a good play. He, he didn't did, dance it, over top of him either. He didn't even I, look at him. I wonder if he'll be fine this week. I don't think I mean, so. Ev- but Yeah, you're he right. fine he, he, for everything. True. But he did <laughs> go in the opposite direction. Yep. It, the funniest thing was just, like I said, post game, he uh, Justin Jefferson brought that up. Said he thought it was going to be a flag, and then he also was like, um, "I think he was just trying to get in my head." And it's it like, worked, dude. Guess what? He clearly fucking did. Like that was they said it too. It was the worst game he Justin Jefferson's had since his first game as a pro. Yeah, held catchless he, in the first half, just fucking awesome. He was definitely living rent free in that dome. Like that was it was fun to watch it too. When he would come up, you see the one. Uh, on the t- on the on the screen, he's at the bottom of the screen. He comes up and he jams him and knocks him over. Yes, it's just like he was just in his head. And then like I think I think really after he did the gritty away from him, like which was the best gritty ever. Like that's how you do it. That's how you taunts a- right. Like af- after he did the gritty, I thought we were fucked. I'm like he's gonna score a touchdown and do that, and he he just had the one catch. It says a it. lot about Justin Jefferson. You know, like Aaron Rodgers when people do the belt on him. You know, it's a whole nother, you got some bad juju coming your way. Mm-hmm. But Justin Jefferson, you gritty on him. And yeah, one catch, <laughs> 15 yards. Yeah, not not so good. Maybe play with some passion next time, Justin. Yeah, no passion. He was in a, a mental a mental box of emotions. Also, can we gritty. say, since we're talking about the corners, Jerry Gray, revenge game. Do you remember the post game when PA, PA on yeah. the line, and what did he say about Jair Alexander? And then no, he said something. No, unfortunately, you're, you're wrong. Am he I? Brought, yeah, because that's he when He said Jair something about hurt. Jerry Gray, though. Well, he didn't say Jerry Gray. It oh, was, it was Eric Stokes. You're it right. It was Eric Stro- yep. Stokes. And he was like, oh, and if they want to keep putting Eric right. Stokes on, Justin Jefferson, he'll do that for the rest okay. the so, end of time. So. so scratch that part. But I will still say Jerry Gray. This is Jerry Gray's revenge game. Perfect. Okay. So that's. That. We'll nix that from the pod. There we go. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> uh, safety, Adrian Amos. Best pretty good bounce back game. Best game of the year by far. Um, right place, right time on the pick. Not going to complain on that. Uh, Rudy Ford had a pick two. Not sure we've ever had. Obviously, we talked about Darnell's pick six. Uh-huh. If we've ever had a game where three different safeties got a pick. Oh, good point. I didn't even think about that. Three different to- safeties. Yeah, because I remember like Aaron Rouse getting a pick six against the Colts oh, back in the back. day, and I could see like Nick Collins doing it, maybe like Charlie Pepper, but I don't but know. In the I don't same know if day, that's ever I mean, how many? Yeah. How often do two different safeties get a pick in the same day? Yeah, I don't know. I I don't have the type of resources or time to spend nope. looking at games. It's after never that, happened. I Actually, I just looked it up. It's never happened. <laughs> oh wow, that's crazy! Yep. What a historic event we had on Sunday. Um, Savage, you know, 
it wouldn't be a savage game either. You know, he bounced, he came back, but it wouldn't be a game for him if he didn't complain to the refs. There was the one where Thielen had a catch and Savage was close by and he like complained to the refs. You watch the replay, Thielen just ran by him. Like he was looking for it a It was actually, or a, I think I know which one you're talking about where he ran like the, the deep in route. Yes. And he just kind of like rubbed him. It was a nice, it was a nice play by Thielen actually. Yeah, it, the, about the it was the only catch he had all game. Yeah, because he had the one catch for 16 yards, I believe. Oh, that was it. That was literally it. Wow. Yeah, he's he's dead, unfortunately. Uh, inside linebacker, Quay is once again seems to be getting better every week. And the thing the thing I noticed most about him this week is, man, he is he is angry. He got the one flag. He's physical. Where I was surprised. Yes, I was surprised the Vikings didn't like start something, and they probably should have because yeah. they body slammed that receiver. But my God, such a violent tackler, especially at the end. At the, it's like it's like if Aaron, the way Aaron Jones gets tackled every other play, and it, you're like, oh my God, he's hurt. Watching Quay tackle people, it's like you don't have to fucking lift them or like slam them after the play's <laughs> over. But I'm like, no, I, he even I'll like take it. Occasionally, you'll see him get into a pile. And all of a sudden, the running back's getting thrown backwards, and it's Quay somehow got in there and threw somebody. But and I was even thinking too, like I watched him on, like even on pass plays too, coming in and making hits. He had that hit on T.J. Hawkinson over the middle of the field and made him drop it. I was like, he was like five, six yards away from him when the ball was thrown. He got there and hit him and made him drop the ball. It's like he's powerful. He's really good in the pass game and fast. Like, like you don't. It's nice to have a guy with that type of athletic mold who can pretty much do everything. You know, we've had him out at the edge a little bit too, yep. but like you said, Blitz. It, this is like the fourth game in a row where he had a, a pass defended. Like he's always getting his hands on the ball now, which I mean, how many he's, Oh my God. I wouldn't be surprised if Quay over the last like six weeks has got his hand on more balls than Blake Martinez did in his entire time with the Packers. Well, Yeah. I mean, I'm proud of it, but that's like three. That's like three or four years starting. Either way, yeah. I'll, I'll stick with that. But he's great. He's awesome. He's, he is great. He's one of the best pass covering linebackers we've ever had. Um, outside linebacker, overall solid. Nothing too crazy. I guess we can just kind of talk about the front seven. You know, we talk about how much better they've been the last month or so. Uh, Kenny had four pressures. JJ had four. Hollins had three. Preston had two. Jaron Reed had two, and Wyatt had just the one. But Outside linebacker, again, overall, pretty solid from this group. Hollins had the nice sack. J.J. didn't have the sack, but he did have the two QB hits. The defensive line, Dean Lowry, like we said, he's out, and it's been so much better without him. Kenny, huge game with the most nonchalant strip sack I can ever remember. I guess that's what happens when you come up the middle and you're just there. But it's like, I'm going to take this from you. I was surprised on Kirk's front side that – he didn't. It looked. He didn't see him coming, which I yeah. thought was kind of interesting because that's a big. That's a big dude getting in your face, and he just didn't even. He just stood there, yeah, and it, just got stripped. I mean, I don't know. That was that was interesting to me. That on yeah, on it was Kirk's weird. Front, be- nothing. Yeah, yeah, because he he just let the he just let him take the ball and then like looked down at him and like touched him with his foot and it's like all right, the play is over and yeah. everyone else is like watching like what happened. It's like oh nope, play is over. He did eventually. He did eventually pancake him. He laid on him on top of him. Ah. Yeah, no, just, yes, yes. just for good measure. Yeah. Then uh, TJ Slayton, he tipped the ball that turned into the Adrian Amos pick two. It's nice that the biggest thing with getting Slayton out there is that he can go in and play nose and Kenny can go out at at defensive end. And that is like when Kevin, anytime Kenny has a huge game, it's always when he's playing at end. When he's so, moving around. 
That's yes. interesting. I guess I never really asked. Uh, so we're still in the front seven. Yeah. Jacob Morley tweet pass rush win rate. Ooh. 2022 oh, yeah, JJ, edge yeah. class. Who's number one? JJ. Enigbari. Yes. So yeah. 15.6 win rate. The next closest is Aiden Hutchinson, who has been performing very well at 14.1. So pretty, pretty impressive from a fifth rounder. Yes, yes. I mean, this, amazing. This draft class, I mean, it's very early, obviously, but it's funny because with the first, like, five rounds of that of that draft class, the biggest question marks are kind of Wyatt and Quay. Yeah, well, I guess Sean Ryan's terrible. He's yes. suspended. Yes, okay, right I was going to say. But Dobbs, it's like he's going to be good. Watson's going to be good. JJ's going to be good. And Zach Tom, like those are all very, very solid players to get out of one draft plus, you know, whatever Samari Ture and Tree Carpenter turn turn into, but that's pretty much it. Either way, Ture's got a couple balls, which is better than a lot of rookies can say in the Packers offense over the years. I mean, he's got a few. That's true. Yeah, true. Uh, Special teams, not a bunch to talk about. Obviously, the block punt was bad. Um, Yeah, bad. I don't know. It's weird how much that's happened this year. Who let that through? Uh, it looked like Coco got kind of mauled the long snapper, and then Levitt had like two guys he had to try to slow down and couldn't, so, so he was kind of fucked off that. Yeah, uh, and it was also really nice to see Joseph miss his kicks. It's always fun watching a Vikings kicker miss multiple uh-huh. kicks at Lambeau. Um, and yeah, uh, Keyshawn Nixon is fucking awesome, and I hope we can get him back next year. Yeah, he's great. But with that, take news. Football time. <laughs> Take news. All right. Take news uh, for the week. Like I said, on the top with all the success going on, it's been hard to find sound bites of things that I think are dumb or disagree with. In fact, I'll even throw this in here. Ryan Wood admitted that he was wrong, which he's been wrong all year. We've been calling him out for it. Everyone had him in the playoffs at the beginning of the year, and here they are. No, I buried this team after three and six in Detroit, and I have never been more wrong. Take news this week. We weren't able to talk about it too much. You know, we did at the beginning of the year. But again, I just want to bring this up again. I hate Sedarius Smith. I hate, I've never, I've been a diehard Packer fan, like watching every single game since I was, you know, 14, 15 years old. And there is no player I've hated more. There was Amon Carroll, you know, Jared Sharper's a bad guy, like I said before. Jermichael Finley's kind of a douchebag. But Sedarius Smith, Sedarius Smith, I, I don't know. I don't even know which way to go about this. So clearly, it was everything last year. Yep. First, it was it was funny. So let's say let's say what happened on Sunday. There was one for the opening coin toss. Oh, he ref- no handshake. Refused to shake hands with anyone on the Packers. Uh, they asked Amos about it afterwards. He was like, "Oh no, I get it. I knew Z was going to do that. He doesn't have a problem with me as a problem with the organization." Which it's funny that Amos was out there because one of the things that pissed. Z off the season before we uh, his last season with us is we gave him some void years on his contract and that's what we also did with Adrian Amos and that kind of shows you if you're adding void years they're not going to extend you and that's the first thing that pissed Zadarius off which is when he tweeted the whole I'm looking f- I'm looking for a good realtor in Green Bay inferring that he was going to sell his house so whatever oh, okay 
shows up. I talked about it. You know, we saw him against the Niners in the NFC Championship game a few years ago. Terrible in the run game. Yep. Very low effort. You know, he's a front runner. The most front running Green Bay Packer I can ever remember. Wasn't voted captain. Showed up to training camp. Had a back injury that he sustained while training by himself. If he if he told the team earlier, and I think that's the big thing with Matt Lafleur and the Packers, if he had told the team earlier that he was injured, he would have had that surgery that he ended up having after Week One when yep. he only played nine snaps. Yep, didn't do that because he was pissed off at the team. Goes on IR, comes back for the is playoffs, that why is that why he game. did it? Because isn't there a thing too? Like if you get hurt while you're working away, isn't there like some sort of a penalty or something like that? Like is is that a thing? I think so, depending on contracts. Big quarterback deals, they do have that, but that would be that. I think that was part of why they got pissed off, too, because that should be like a, you'd go on the NFI list, but I think he wanted to play through it as well. Okay. So that's what's weird. I think they got pissed off as well because he was like, I don't need surgery. I can play through it. I don't want to practice. I can play through it. And then clearly he wasn't good enough. Yep. Got his surgery, stayed away from the Packers, fucking hate him. Hate him, and then and then this game too. So then the off season, the off season. Tyler Dunn, who wrote the hit piece on Aaron Rodgers, writes another piece on Zadarius Smith. Only one sided. It is there is no one else from the Packers quoted in this. It's just Z's side of the story where he said when he got back from his first, he was pissed off about not being a captain. You know, he yep. gave his yep. he's like I gave my blood, sweat, and tears for mm-hmm. this team. Whatever he says, he comes back. He's walking in the hallway, and people aren't coming up to him asking him how he's doing. And I'm just like, dude, you can fucking start conversations yourself if you're going right. to get that hurt about this. So that was the whole piece at the beginning of the year. You know, he has a decent game against us. Sacks Rodgers, pushes him, has that whole BS. Yep. And then this game doesn't shake hands. After the game, immediately runs Went out the to field. the locker room. Little bitch. Just a little fucking bitch. Worst game of the year, only ha- he had zero pressures. I think he might have had one tackle. I could be wrong on that, but no pressures. Only game all year, he had zero pressures. Absolute douchebag. I hate him. I am like, it was a good signing for the Vikings because he's worth like $9 million for this year. But I can almost guarantee he'll be back with the Vikings next year. And after that, they're going to cut him or he's going to cause something where he's going to want a new deal. Yeah. They're not going to give it to him and he's going to cause some big old stir. It's He is like the biggest powder I, that I've ever seen like in pro football. Like he'll pout about like he's just so mad that he can vote in the Pro Bowl. Like mm-hmm. got the shirt that says snubbed, right? It's like, dude. all right, dude, like it's not all about you. Like we get it that you he probably he should have been in the Pro Bowl. I mean, he was great, but for us, he was voted for, to the Pro Bowl this year. But for us, yes, the first or second was, year, yes. yeah, for us when he was yep. snubbed and he had the T-shirt and whatever. It's like, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like we get it, but yeah, I and mean, he is a he is a baby. And I I hate it again. I've said a lot this week, but this is a f- dumb fan brain. It was then that off season, the twenty nineteen off season after we lose to the Niners. Yep, it wasn't. Yep. I think at the Pro Bowl, he said, yeah, I wasn't ready. I don't think we were ready. We weren't in the right headspace. It's like, one, why are you, why was that the case? And two, why would you fucking say that? I don't say that. And all that offseason, it's just, wow, I'm snubbed. Why am I not on this pressure list? Why am I not on this edge rusher list? You don't see anything else about wanting to chase a Lombardi. It's just all this individual shit. I just hate the fucking guy. I can't wait to see what happens with him. I'm so glad he's not with the Packers. I was getting pissed off the first half of this year. 
and you still saw it going into this game like Vikings bloggers saying the Packers are playing are paying Zadarius Smith eleven million dollars to not play for them this year. It's like, yeah, it's because we didn't want to pay him fucking twenty eight million <laughs> to play for us this year. And did you see our run game on Sunday? We were able to stop Delvin Cook. Yeah, and we we were pretty bad at the beginning of the year. It worked but it's out a lot better of late. Yeah, I think letting Z walk or cutting him worked out pretty good. Yes, but I don't know. I just. I, we're not going to have another chance to talk about Z for a while. And I once again wanted to say, like, I'm such a fucking crazy person. You know, I live in, I live in Egan and oh, the training, by the, the facility. Vikings, you can, I can literally see it right now. You can see it from, <laughs> from the window. I swear to God, you can see the purple lights. Oh, that's if funny. you, if you leave my driveway, turn right and drive a mile and a half, you end up at the training facility. There are days <laughs> I get lost in my own brain. I'm like, I want to make a sign and just, but like, Oh, better quit now, Zedarius, than <laughs> vote you captain. Or, I, I don't know, frauds. Or, Snubs. Yeah, yeah, time to give up Zedarius, or I don't know. I just, I'm a crazy person, but that's all that I had on Zedarius. Todd, do you have anything else to add? I don't know. I mean, I he's a baby. I agree with you know, pretty much everything you said. He's just. Thank you. He's just, I don't, I don't feel that passionately about it. But he definitely, yeah. I mean, not a great, he was not a great Packer. You know, no. it was it, great to see him do nothing. That was fun. Yeah, it sucks because even when he was with us, it's like those first two years for free agent signings, it was Reggie White, Charles Woodson, Zadarius Smith. Like he outplayed that contract. He single-handedly won that game against the Vikings in 2019. And then, yeah, he's just been an absolute douchebag since. But yeah, it's it's too bad because I mean, for I mean, he seems like he he's really talented. If he played the run a little better, he'd be freaking amazing. It's mm-hmm. just yeah, just that's that's the thing. You just cannot rely on him no. on like a deep playoff run. Any team that runs the ball, like just right. run at him, just run at him. That's yep. what we did. Literally run off tackle and run right around him. Yeah. But with that, is Kyle an idiot? I'm not an idiot. Okay, you sure? Yes. All right, is Kyle an idiot for the week? Todd, you guys, well, you guys have had a winning record the last two weeks, thanks to me giving you yeah. some, some help, but we'll see. These. I'm just these glad de- at the end of the day, Kyle's the idiot, even though I'm getting the questions wrong. Yes, there you go. Good way to spin it. All right, Todd, <clears throat> Aaron Jones went over 1,000 yards rushing on the season on Sunday. Who was the last Packers running back not named Aaron Jones to rush for a thousand yards? Okay, I feel like Eddie Lacy ran for a thousand yards. Let's see, very good. Yes, it is Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy in two thousand fifteen. It is twenty twenty three right now. Twenty. So it was that long That's ago. That's insane. How long ago? That was the last thousand yard performance. That wasn't uh, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has had a thousand yards. Oh, rush sorry, right, yeah, but that was times. that was the last one. Because yes. what was it to the stat? Remember back in the day, it was like we haven't had like it was like touchdowns too was a thing for a while there. Like we didn't have rushing touchdowns. Those were hundred yard games. It was yes. hundred yard games. That's what it was. J- James Starks, the Super Bowl year, broke that record. It had been like two and a half, three seasons since we had a hundred yard rusher, which is Wild. crazy, crazy. All right, moving on. The second question, Todd. <clears throat> Jair made the Pro Bowl and is actually playing like a Pro Bowler now. 
Who was the last non-Jair corner to make a Pro Bowl for the Packers? Okay, so for sure, Sam Shields had to have made a Pro Bowl. Um, obviously, Tremont are back, maybe. Last one. I don't know. I guess. Who else would it be? I'm going to say Sam Shields. Oh, very good. Yes, it was Sam Shields in 2014. I believe that oh, was the year. These are that he so went. long ago. Right? We're old, dude. We are old. Like, and that's not even that old. It doesn't feel that long ago. I know. But yeah, 2014 was the last one. I think that was his real good year. Got the contract. And then the next year, week one against the Jags, bopped his head and his. Oh, came back for really? the Rams. Yeah. Yeah, right. I remember he. Did he play for the Rams? Did he play snaps for the Rams? Yeah, he played like one and a half seasons with them. Right. I think 2019 he was playing with them, actually. Right. But yeah, that was. I still remember going into that year against the Jags, feeling really good about that secondary because it was Sam Shields, Sticky. Uh, Randall. Oh, and yeah. Quentin Rollins. Demarius and Randall is, and Quentin Rollins. And the, that was their sophomore years. So when they looked, they obviously turned out to be bad players, but they looked pretty good. As rookies, I remember Demarius Randall against the Chargers last play of the game, like sniffing out yep. a pass in the end zone and save the game. He had like, like some, he like jumped some under routes too and like comebacks and stuff like that for, I think like a pick six once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. He was, and like those were like to steal games too. Yeah. Didn't uh, Randall eventually, he went to he the Browns, to safety, played yeah, went safety. To the Browns and played yeah. safety and was halfway decent for them. Yep. Yeah. Moving on. Very good, Todd. Two and oh. So you're up no matter what. This is all gravy here. Yeah. The third question. Sunday night is the first win. Oh, boy. I'm bad at writing. What what Uh-oh. did I do here? Sunday night is the first. Okay. That's just, okay. I got to just keep reading. Sunday night is the first win in it win. And you're in on the final week of the season for the Packers since 2013 against the Bears at Soldier Field. The, you know, fourth and eight game. Yep. Um. Who scored for the Packers in that game on a fumbled ball? Clay Matthews. Wrong. Ha ha. Fumbled ball. That was Jared Boykin, friend of the program. That was. Oh, was that when the ball got fumbled? Nobody touched it. And then Rogers like pick it up. Well, Boykin, I think Boykin picked it up. Am I thinking of a different one? No, it's the same one. Boykin picked picked it up. up, Rogers like, but then Rogers was like, no, he just like points at the end zone and then. Boykin like lackadaisically runs into the end zone and then yes it was a touchdown okay yep that makes sense yep yep shout out Jared Boykin for coming on the podcast like two years ago he's a very nice guy he's got gigantic hands it was one thing he talked about oh yeah in the draft thing they were like he had the biggest bigger hands than Julio Jones and like did he wear white gloves I believe so he said back in the day they called him hamburger helper hands because (laughs) they were so big that's pretty good I like that with that Pretty big game to talk about, Todd. We are playing the Detroit Lions on Sunday Night Football. I can't believe the NFL did that. Like, it just shows you how much they want money when the Packers. So, I don't know if everyone knows this. If the Seahawks win on Sunday, the Lions are eliminated. They're out of the playoffs. So, you would have thought that they would have had the Seahawks and Packers playing at the same time on Sunday. Yep. Or maybe the Packers and Lions Packers play, play Saturday first night. And have them play after would make most sense. Like, if you're talking strategically, everybody's playing for the most. Yeah. But, yeah, flex the Packers into the Sunday night game, make Seattle play first, and then what is it? Is it if Seattle loses, then the Lions 
When the Lions that? are still alive, yes. If the okay. Seahawks lose and the Lions win, they're in. But yes, yeah, you would have thought. Win, but, the Lions have nothing to play for. Exactly. So, but they want the Packers on Sunday Night Football. You know, can't say I, I. Uh, I love it. I mean, I like. Them, but, yeah, I like the primetime games. It's fun. Yeah. No, me too. Uh, but yeah, Sunday Night NBC will be good. Uh, overall, like I said, the Lions are eight and eight on the season, but they've won six of their last eight after beating us, which is pretty crazy. Um, the Packers are four and a half point favorite, and the over under is set at forty nine and a half. What's their What's their off Their offense is ranked like, bro, bro. You know how this podcast goes. I'm gonna I run know, through this I shit know. right now for probably a All little right. too long. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, the Lions are pretty good on offense. Fifth in points, fourth in yards. They are sacked the third least in the league. They are fifteenth in rush yards per game and fifth in yards per pass. Goff is having a pretty good year. For Jared Goff, however, we got to remember he struggles in the cold. He is a Cali boy, oh. so we'll see. At the same time, Rogers hasn't been very good in the cold. We saw that last year. Soft but, uh, fingers can't throw in the cold. Yes. Very soft fingies. Yes. Uh, running backs, Jamal Williams, like I said, is pretty good. Just went over a thousand yards for the first time in his career. Pretty cool, and he leads the league in touchdowns. I think he has the chance to beat Barry Sanders' touchdown record, maybe even, which is for the Lions, which is crazy. Oh wow. Um. Whiteouts, Amon Ross St. Brown, obviously pretty good. DJ Charks had a very good second half of the season. And they do have a somewhat healthy Jameson Williams. Well, is, uh, Jameson Williams. Now, God, I, I almost said Williamson, which would be too many sons. In who's their team. other wideout? Uh, I don't know. They got another sneaky. Well, they have, Ho- I was going to say Hawkinson. Um, they don't have him anymore. Um, I guess maybe I'm thinking of DJ, DJ Chark. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's he's been running as their number two. But also, like we kind of mentioned there as well, with the amount of sacks they get, they have a very, very good offensive line. I think that'll be the biggest difference between the Vikings, who were absolutely terrible on the O-line, now going up against the Lions. So we'll see their um, Panay, their left tackle. who Pass catcher. I, yeah, I thought it was kind of funny because we obviously – Lost to the Lions, had the incomplete pass to David Bakhtiari, and then a couple of weeks later, their left tackle catches a pass for a first. I'm like, yeah, fuck, of course. He's On defense, yeah, he's nice a freak. Catch. He's an athlete. Yeah, yeah, he is. Defense, they're not very good, which we kind of know, 29th in points per game. However, since firing Aubrey Pleasant, who is now part of our staff, who was their defensive backs coach, they've been quite a bit better. They were, like, worse in the league, and now over the stretch since – He's left, or since this winning streak, they are 13th in the NFL in points per game. Okay. Uh, but overall, still on the season, though, 32nd in yards per game, 21st in yards per rush, 31st in yards per pass, so not very good. Um, another way to look at the talent on their defense, they had 10 Pro Bowlers or Pro Bowl alternates voted to the team this year. Oh, wow. Aiden Hutchinson was the only defensive player to oh. be an alternate. Everything else is either special teams or offense for the Lions. They have a decent rookie safety too, but I don't think there's too much to talk about that. Todd, you know, we said, you know, I, I don't know if we said this, but we kind of just, we were saying ahead of time, the Vikings game looked easier than the Lions game. Now we have the Lions. Oh, I don't think, I think I was thinking the Vikings game was going to be the toughest one. Of oh, yeah. The, okay. Was... Okay. Well, what are you thinking going into this one? I mean, I still, the Lions, the Lions are good. Yeah. Like they're looking, they're looking like a pretty dangerous team here at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. That being somebody you don't want to play 
um, week 18 now. I was going to say 17. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's. I mean, I still think I think it's definitely a winnable game. They're definitely not juggernauts. Um, yeah, with the defense playing better last week, I definitely feel much better going up against Goff at home too in Lambeau. Yes, yeah. like that makes me feel so much better about winning this game. If we had to go to Detroit for that game, I don't feel so. I don't feel so hot about it. And being one to say four and a half point favorites, I also makes yes. me feel pretty good. So the spreads on Goff away and at home are pretty crazy too. It's okay. I'm going to throw out some arbitrary numbers out here, but it's something like at home, he's like 20 touchdowns, four picks, and away it's like three touchdowns, five picks or something. Like it's okay. just much, much worse. They're a very good home team, not so good away. We saw when they had to go to Carolina when they got shit canned. Uh-huh. So hopefully Joe Barry can look at that and be like, okay, we have the template on how to stop this team. And obviously they shit kicked the Bears last week, but they're not playing for anything. So right. Not not much you can yeah, put into that. Advantageous for the Bears to lose that game, if we're being honest. Yes, and so. I mean Justin Fields isn't even playing the last, you know, in Week 18, so they're they're in full tank mode. But yeah, yeah I don't know. This is it feels this, and this is obviously very very dramatic, but I feel like last week was you know beating the Russians, you know, for the gold medal back in. Was it 79, 80, or 1980? The 80 Olympics. Olympics, You're talking? The 80 Olympics. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, let's not overlook these guys before we actually get to the playoffs. Well, if you remember, that wasn't the final Russia versus USA, right? That's what I'm saying. So now we got to go play Sweden. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The Lions are Sweden. Like, we're celebrating because we're like, holy shit, we beat the, you know, 12 and 3 Vikings. We're going to make the playoffs. We're going to make the playoffs. And I was like, well. We do got to do one more thing, and that's beating these stupid lions. So I don't. Well, I still don't get the best feelings going into this game. That offensive line is awesome. Yeah, we've been winning in the trenches. So if they're able to neutralize that and give Goff a little bit more time, hopefully we're still being a little bit more aggressive out on the edges there. But it kind of sucks with all the shit this week too. With Seeing the Vikings, the replay of them like slipping and sliding at Lambeau Field, the Lions are going to come in even more prepared now and know which cleats to actually wear so they don't deal with that yeah, same what? type of shit. But, come on. How do you not? The cleats thing? <laughs> Who goes to no. a turf field? What were they wearing? Well, that's that's what, uh, you know, like Justin Jefferson and those guys, they want to wear their cool, pretty cleats. And they were telling them, hey, you should wear seven stud cleats. And they decided not to, but a lot of players after halftime changed their cleats. Oh, so they did change their cleats because at halftime. I yes. mean, go back to all these guys played in high school. They're all turf fields, or not turf right. fields. They're all grass fields. Yeah, you go to a grass field. You put you even put the long cleats in. Just you had the screw in. Mm-hmm. I, my cleats had like the screw in ones, and you could get different length cleats. That's right. And when you go in, when it's October. You're not putting the short ones in. You're putting the long ones in, so you can grip mm-hmm. the ground. Like, I don't. Every football player knows that. I don't know what. I, what am I missing? I don't know. That's a sidebar here. I forgot. I've been wanting to bring this up. You know, I never played actual football. Todd or uh, Andrew never played actual football. However, Todd, you played actual football, and in fact, you were so good that your senior year in high school, you were a captain. Were you not? I was. Yes, I was nominated captain for a short while that was fun a short while yeah i mean what, what sometimes happened? sometimes you know 
if if a kid yeah kids like to go out and have fun sometimes right like and mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. fun isn't always you know frowned it's sometimes frowned upon by like the law right like so sometimes <laughs> you could get like a ticket for like or arrested alcohol yeah you know yeah. Uh, you don't want to do that right yeah, yeah. And then, so yeah and maybe thanks for bringing that up out. by the way yeah thanks for that <laughs> That was nice. Yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted people to know that we have a former football captain at one point on the pot. <laughs> considered quality enough character to be a captain. At one point, yeah. Matt Lafleur wouldn't cut you unless you fumbled five times at least. That would have let me be a captain forever. You would not. Yeah. yeah. One once it's, a good guy, always a good guy. God, I, it's too bad. Um, we should have made you a uh, Zedarius captain chain, so you could still be. Uh, oh, yeah! I could. I should have not. I should have. Yeah. In hindsight, in high school, I should have made my own yes. captain's chain. Next and, time. Yeah. Next time. Next time I'm you're a kid. you're a high school. <laughs> but with that, uh, Todd, what is your score prediction for this game? <clears throat> I I almost think it's going to be a little bit of a slow game, just with both teams maybe being more. I don't know. I I feel like I feel like running is going to be that's what we're going to need to do at Lambeau Field in January, right? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Decent offensive line for the Lions, so I kind of think it's going to be a little bit slower. So I'm going to say I'm going to say seventeen twenty four Packers. Seventeen twenty four Packers. Yeah, I could see that happening. God, I. <sighs> I really hope it isn't close. I hope we're like always up a touchdown so we don't have to worry too much. I guess I want to always be up two because you can never put it past um, <clears throat> Campbell to go for two at any point either. So sure. I don't know. I just don't want to. If we can just make it to the playoffs and it's be like, okay, Niners fucking crush us. That's fine. This I don't want that to happen. They can't but keep beating us in the playoffs at some point. At we some point, they have them. to lose. Right? And like, yeah. so what better year than this year when we suck and mm-hmm. they're good? Huh? Right. Yeah. Our we'll quarterback's see. the bad quarterback. You have the good quarterback. We'll come into your house, beat you on the ground. Th- that's the other thing to talk about, too, briefly. I'll just throw it out there. Right now, it's a 50% chance that if we win, we'd play the Niners. 25% chance we would play the Vikings. And then uh, the twelve and a half percent is split between the Cowboys and Eagles. I believe it might be the Cowboys and not the Vikings for the twenty five percent. I'm not a anyways, math major, whatever. but that's four teams, isn't it? Twenty five percent for each team. One no, I was. I said. I'm just 50. joking. I'm just joking. Just yeah, you got to God. You know, Andrew isn't here this week yet. <laughs> I still have someone who isn't listening. <laughs> no, I, I was. Listening. <laughs> but yeah, I. I gotta keep rolling with what I've been doing. I have the Packers losing thirty-one to twenty-eight. What I've done it. I've done it the last two weeks, and it's been working. Yeah, it's just you know, it's a, the Lions are a good offense. At some point, like you said, you know, the Niners eventually are going to lose to. But Apple. you're just eventually, saying this, this defense is going to be bad. You're just saying Who's this say? for 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 some good uh, some good vibes, as the Vikings fans would say, or our favorite uh, beat writer. Um, yes. What is your actual thought? Well, you actually you think you think we're going to lose? You don't think we're going to lose? I don't know. I can't, well, I can't go back on that. That's going You're just, against the mojo. I'd rather talk. I'm, that's why we have the podcast. But the mojo is in your head. But most of most of what we do is react. We don't predict. If True. you predict, you look like a dum dum. If you react, you know, like I would have played Devonta Wyatt all year. I would have. That's cut true. Dean that's Lowry, true. You know, where was Keyshawn like Nixon week one? 
Uh, yeah, I was. That's the thing. He never even he never returned in college at all. Oh, really? I think he, yeah, he returned a couple kicks for the Raiders, which is part of it. It's like, well, I guess literally everyone overlooked it. But again, yes, no. Week one, I was pounding for Keyshawn to be the punt and kick returner. I, I'm I'm a smart fan. I've always yeah the roster this. week one. Did we like pick him up in like week three or something? We picked somebody mm-hmm. special teamer up in week three. No, uh, we picked up Wilson, the linebacker, the former Viking, who he's oh. number 45. That might have been not then, but uh, we picked up Rudy Ford at the end of training camp cuts. We signed Maybe Keyshawn that's what I'm thinking of as Rudy Ford. It could be. It could be. Rudy. Was he in Was he in Las Vegas? He was with the Jaguars, but he's a very good gunner. He's, okay. he's very, that's very fast. Yes. But yeah, with that, my very honest... Oh. What is your bold prediction, Todd? Um, foul the picks. I'm gonna say fumble recovery return for a touchdown. Is that bold enough? Fumble recovery, yeah, I think that works. We did not have that last week either, so absolutely that works for me. I could see that's a very like easy play to imagine happening with you know, I could already see Jared Goff's like wincing face as he's getting hit in the cold. Yeah, but that old line's good and it's bold too because Jamal Williams' ball security is pretty top notch. Yeah, that's true. It would it would have to be a not that he's the only guy fumble. that can fumble the ball, but typically true. you're thinking running back. I mean, I guess DeAndre Swift could fumble it too. Mm-hmm. But he did. Jamal had his first fumble of his career this year too. I believe yeah. he broke the record for most carries without fumbling before really? doing it too. Wow, crazy! Imagine how many ball carriers have there been in the history <laughs> of the league, and Jamal Williams is the guy who had the longest streak without fumbling. He never crazy. fumbled with us. Nope, never. not once. Wow. Never. Maybe maybe in the preseason, but never in the regular sure. season. Okay. Nope. Oh. Uh, with that, my bold prediction, kind of hinted at earlier, I have an offensive lineman will catch a ball in this game. I don't know if it'll be the Lions or the Packers. I could see the Packers trying to get some type of redemption with Bakhtiari or even with how many different, um, with Zach Tom being who he is, if we don't want to run Big Dog out there and we have uh, Zach Tom or someone report as eligible, Maybe we throw it to him, or maybe they'll end up throwing to their left tackle again. Fifty can't catch. That's the number. You can't if you have fifty on. You can't catch. It would be nice to see that type of stat too. Like how many receptions? You could put Calvin in Johnson in a fifty, 50. jersey. Ugh. You could put Larry Fitzgerald in a fifty jersey, and he wouldn't catch a single thing. It's just Gross. you can't. That's... I can't imagine fifty catching a ball. Ninety nine looks really... better when JJ Watt was doing. I mean, even that looks better than a 50 out yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. Or you remember, uh, what number was he? 52? No, 50. What number is Rashawn? 56 when Julius Peppers lined up as a tight end and oh, against yeah. the Saints. That was gross, too. But, God, we are okay. That still looks better, though. Yeah, I agree. It's too it's too short and knobby. Petition to 50. change Zach Tom's jersey. All right. We'll have to, we'll have to reach out and do that. Yeah. That'll be... That'll be Andrew's job for there next we week. But with that, everyone's favorite part of the episode. If you could please leave a five-star rating, that would be cool. Maybe tell someone about the podcast. That'd be cool, too. If you want a koozie, email us at pmppodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, pmppod, and we will send you a free koozie. Leave a review, whatever. Tell people. I don't give a shit. Todd? Oh, We do. Yeah, we care. Tell, okay, look, give a shit. You have something to say? It looks like you have Do you think you'll ever send out the koozies? That's what I was going to say. If they weren't Titans fans, I already would have at this point, but I keep forgetting I need to send those koozies out. At least RJ got his a Titans couple months fans? ago. Yeah, well, because when 
Andrew and I did the man on the street video yeah. in Green Bay. Like those guys reached out, found us on Twitter, and they're like, "Hey, can we get a koozie?" You have to like, say, yeah, sure. That's even I, more I, impressive. I will. I just haven't yet. <laughs> that okay. Is, that is the key to this. So but, reach out, see. You can ask for one, but if you're like a fan from another team, screw off. We won't send them. To it'll you. it'll be delayed. Yeah, screw off. But with that big week here, only good vibes going forward. You know, on Sunday when you wake up. Make sure to put on whatever jersey or shit you wore last week. I do have a lucky sweatshirt now. My oh. older brother, Jesse, gave me a hoodie, which I've worn the last two weeks. It's worked very well, so I'm going to continue doing that. But, Todd, with that, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? I got nothing. Cool. Well, it's exciting. That, real it's football. very exciting. We're real here. football. Well, it's been real football for a while, but yeah, real, real football, Sunday night football. Well, not but with that, yes, Eric Koskinen. <laughs> Please don't sue us. How was your uh, New Year's? Your New Year's? Mine was good. We went, uh, <clears throat> so we don't, I feel like as you get older, you do a lot less, right? Mm-hmm. For holidays and whatnot. We actually went out and did, we went to a supper club in Ooh. St. Paul. Um, the Apostle, I believe it's called. Mm, and I had a, that's yeah, like right across from the XL Energy Center. I had a tomahawk pork chop. Would recommend. What goes into tomahawking it? I think they just leave. You know how like you get a pork chop and that bone. I was gonna say what they normally, they just leave they just the bone. Leave the bone on. Okay, yeah, that was gonna not be anything. Um, but it was a really good pork chop. I was a little bit hesitant, like going to a fancy restaurant and getting a pork chop. I'm like, I could buy a pork chop. <laughs> probably make it pretty like i could do a pretty good job with the pork chop but this pork chop was actually pretty, that that's how i usually feel like if i see like a grilled cheese sandwich with like bacon or something i'm like right this looks good however or like just a sandwich <laughs> like a fucking yeah t- sandwiches sandwiches are like hit and miss at restaurants because like if it's not if they don't if you don't nail hot. a sandwich like you have to yeah. really blow a sandwich out of the water to be a home sandwich yeah right true. yeah I guess. Did you, I mean, wanted, for, did you do? You did nothing. Nothing. Just, did you stay up late? I I stayed up. I just happened to see. I didn't even watch like the ball drop or anything. We have YouTube TV, and I was like trying to switch it over to that. And yeah. I had, and I couldn't even get that on time because I had to like figure out how to share my location on Tori's computer, and she was already oh. sleeping. Um, <laughs> we did it. That was a long pod. We talked a lot. I can't believe how long that went. <laughs> 